Uh, Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Hardware Podcast. I'm uh, here with my good friend Omar Borja after a very long vacation, well-deserved by him, uh, that the Army uh, gave him. And now they're giving him the top secret missions of mowing lawns uh, as a new butter bar. So... (laughs) <laughs> I just got off a week-long vacation too, so I'm back here in uh, in Texas, and uh, yeah, looking forward to some college football. We've got we've got some NFL preseason heating up this weekend, and then we'll that'll transition pretty quickly to uh, college football when it kicks off. Yeah, uh, pretty excited for a uh, week zero. Got some really big games, some hard-hitting games week uh, week zero. I'm not talking about Nebraska, Illinois. I'm talking about Miak Swack Challenge in Atlanta. Uh, you got Alcorn State against NC Central. Very good game with, the, you know, the Braves have won the SWAC like the past million years, it seems. Uh, Hawaii, UCLA, which we'll talk about Hawaii later on um, in our in our podcast topic. But, um, yeah, just so many great games. And then, of course, uh, Blockbuster Week 1, um, a game that, that Jackson doesn't think is, is that big of a game in Clemson, Georgia, but I, I beg to differ. <laughs> Um, well, I didn't say it wasn't important. I'm just saying that um, one of these teams has won multiple national championships in the past few years, and the other hasn't won since 1980. Oh, come on. Give it, give it a rest. Give the, 19, give the 1980 joke a rest, Jack. Come on. <laughs> and you literally like said, hey, Jackson, I'm going to guide you to this joke. And I'm gonna shove you into it too. <laughs> Set me up. So that's that's on you, man. No, uh, I, I I just said you didn't think the game was that big. You yeah. brought up the, you brought up 1980. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well you're you're not wrong, but yeah, Clemson's Clemson's gonna win that in a landslide. I also don't get the hype between Miami and Alabama. Like Miami is a just a stay of the program. It's not great right now, and uh, Alabama has never been higher. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it at all. Well, Derek so, King. I, mean, Derek you know, King. I almost started to go on a tangent with Florida State. I'm not even going to start there. Um, I think in our Twitter DMs, we've already talked enough about FSU. But yeah, that's they're going to be a, a mess this year. Um, yeah, so this is going to be in effect our Heisman preview. Um, obviously, on on the Hardware Podcast, where uh, uh, we go on off on some tangents. But we like to stick mostly as much as we can to a college, college football awards. Um, and so, yeah, we're just going to go over some of the Heisman guys. Uh, I mean, you can you can find Google page after Google page after Google page on some of the big names uh, for this Heisman. So we're going to skim over some of the some of the front runners, um, like uh, the guy from Clemson that Omar can pronounce flawlessly, and uh, Bryce. <laughs> the guys like that but then then we'll get into some of the uh more group of five guys that even if they don't win the heisman even if they're not on the watch list you should keep an eye on them this year because they're they deserve some respect even though they're not in the power five conference that espn loves to use their uh marketing powers for so yeah um omar up to you where do you want to start off on this um i'll just start off by by pronouncing dj uyagalule um, and then okay. I'll let you, I'll let you uh, take care of uh, who you have, like, I guess your rankings. Um, I, I mean, I guess um, who's, who's your number one guy? Uh, like, who do you think is the number one front runner? Cause a lot of the off season buzz has been Rattler versus Howell, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you can go, I think either or with, with either of those guys. Rattler is on um, Spencer Rattler is 
uh, there's it's a it's a love fest with the media with him right now, especially coming off of that that uh, Cotton Bowl win where uh, the other team didn't have hardly any of their starters. Um, so, uh, but Spencer Rattler, I mean Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, and then now this is presumed to be the heir to all of that. Um, I think he's he's fun to watch. Um, I mean, from an NFL perspective, I don't know. A lot of his plays are kind of off the, off the cuff. Uh, doesn't always, not always plan. He's best when he's like throwing on the run. It doesn't, doesn't go as planned, but you can, you can make arguments for guys like that, like Russell Wilson, stuff like that, but man, he's electric. He's fun to watch. Um, so I think that it certainly doesn't hurt that the media seems to really like him a lot in the preseason, especially since the media is the one that votes on this. So, um, uh, man, I love Spencer Rattler as a Heisman, as a Heisman favorite. Um, I would put uh, DJ Ui on Galilee, uh, if I'm saying that right, in Bryce Young, kind of in the same boat, um, both from guys that are coming from historic programs, especially in the past decade. Uh, DJ has huge uh, shoes to fill with Trevor Lawrence, just getting picked number one, all, number, number one overall. Uh, before that, I, I can't remember. Was there a, was there a gap between Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence? It wasn't. Oh yeah, Ke- Kelly Bryant. Kelly Bryant. Um, oh yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how long he started for Clemson, but yeah, he's coming from you know, I mean, he's coming from a, a list of Deshaun Watson, Kelly Bryant, Trevor Lawrence. Those are those are big shoes to fill. But DJ, from everything we've seen, seems like he can fill them. Uh, Bryce Young, if you haven't heard of Bryce Young, you might know him as the Alabama quarterback who's approaching seven figures from all these NIL deals. I mean, he's like uh, Alabama fans. A lot of them seem to have deep pockets at least. And he is like, all the hype is there. Not to mention, oh yeah, he was like the All-American Bowl player of the year, the Gatorade player of the year, high school quarterback of the year, Maxwell offensive player of the year, Max Preps player of the year. Like, I mean, just raked in awards during high school. So of course he went to Alabama um, and he's drawn a lot of dual threat comparisons. Um, gosh, I'm blanking on the name of who he, who a lot of people are comparing him to, but um, I'd put DJ and Bryce Young in the same boat. So once we get through Rattler, Bryce Young and DJ, then it kind of, I think, in my opinion, as far as likelihood of winning the Heisman takes a step down, Sam Howell, um, I think is a guy that he's in NFL circles drawing a lot of Baker Mayfield comparisons, although Mayfield probably was a little bit more polished at this time in his career. Um, uh, then you've got Emory Jones, a dual threat a quarterback from Florida. Uh, I think he's in that boat too. And then that's really, I mean, you've heard some names like JT Daniels, some guys like, uh, like the, I oh gosh, who's the guy from Texas? Um, uh, Casey Thompson. Uh, you hear some other names like that. I think those are really going to be the, the five guys from the, from the power five that have the highest likelihood, at least right now. And then we get into the group of five and, Omar, we're both well aware that the group of five hasn't had the best performance. Or no, excuse me, they have had very good performances. The media doesn't always recognize that and vote for them. Uh, Jordan Lynch was the last player to finish in the top uh, top three, I believe, or top four. 
2013. He was the last group of five player. And then Marshall Falk was the last runner up uh, running back back in 1992. So they don't always recognize it, but like I said earlier, these are guys you need to keep an eye on. Um, they're going to be making electric plays. And I mean, we both know very well that they're going to be hearing their names called come next April too. So. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited for these group of five guys because I think there are a lot of guys that can break through. Um, I, I I agree for the most part with your rankings for the front runners out of the power five. Uh, I do think Sam Howell is higher because the hype is getting there. Like people like like North Carolina. Um, I think the thing that kind of catapulted him this year was that Miami game, even though that wasn't most of his doing. That was uh, Javante Williams and uh, Michael Carter running running like a, as Nick Saban would say, poop through, poop through a tin horn on Miami. Um, like the touchdown pass. I think he was the first player in NCAA, first quarterback in either ACC history. I think it was ACC history to catch a touchdown, run a rush for a touchdown, receive a touchdown, or your first quarterback at least to do that. Um, but yeah, Sam Howell, the hype is there. And with Trevor Lawrence gone, there's, there's a thought that maybe there's an opening for, for UNC to win the ACC, but uh, going back to a group of five guys, the guy that we both like, um, Malik Willis, and the guy that's getting garnering a lot of attention in NFL circles for good reason. Um, we like him because Liberty, I mean, amazing year last year, 10 and 1. They're a missed field goal against NC State, short of 11 and 0. Uh, this year has high hopes and really marquee games on the schedule. They have Ole Miss in the Hugh Freeze Bowl, they have Louisiana, who just popped up at 23 or no, 25, excuse me. No, actually, yeah, 23. 23, 25 is Coastal, I believe. 20, they just popped up at 23 in the coaches' poll and Army on on, on uh, Thanksgiving weekend, um, which we have an interesting argument for the Army game coming up. But uh, what do you think about Malik Willis's chances, Jackson, for making a Heisman run for Liberty? Um, so... I'm going to say this. Malik Willis could be a very efficient uh, very accurate in, uh, in, in his ball playing skills and then be a great leader on the field. And those are all things that are reasons why he's gained a lot of NFL attention and a handful of media, uh, some media attention. Um, but he's going to have to be, if he wants to make a run specifically at the Heisman, he's going to have to have to be as explosive as he's been and a little bit more. He's going to have to get He's going to have to find his way on sports center top 10 a few times and make some plays that you just look at and go like, wow. Like, you know, you just, he's just going to have to have several wow moments and don't get me wrong. He's had some already. He's making some incredible throws across his body. He's got incredible short area bursts. Um, and he has been accurate. He has been, uh, I mean, he's been a good quarterback too, but maybe, if he's trying to make a run specifically at the Heisman, maybe don't be the most efficient, maybe just be a little bit more explosive like he has been because he's not playing against top tier competition and he is top tier talent. So if he can go out there and run around like that one kid and, and pop Warner um, and make some incredible plays you know, some Lamar Jackson, like plays running ball. And then, I mean, he's got, he's got some tremendous accuracy and, and some great strength. Um, then if he can put those to use too, man, he's, he can make a run at it for sure. Yeah. I think you bring that up electrifying plays and, and numbers too. 
But I just think uh, I think that games as well, marquee matchups. And as I mentioned before, Ole Miss, another another factor that that Ole Miss game could be a shootout real quick because Matt Corral, uh, one of the more underrated quarterbacks. um, I'm sure I I know he cuts you up in week and week one of SEC play. He cut up uh, Florida pretty good, um, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I wasn't sure the score. Oh, that was that one, the but... one where Pitt scored like six touchdowns or something? <laughs> I think so. I, it was high scoring, but uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I thought. I thought. I thought he dies with the defense. I mean, I he did get I, us pretty good. He he did get us pretty good there. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, Matt Corral's a real deal. Talented. He's a little bit. You don't hear much about Matt Corral. Um, it's been one of the more quiet, uh, quiet ones. But he's from everything I've read, a very gifted signal caller. Uh, just been just been a great talent and um, he's, he's under there under Lane Kiffin learning a lot. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see how he does too, man, that, that place is going to be electric for Liberty Old Miss. Who would have thought that like five years ago, but that place is going to be, that place is going to be going off. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I mean, I'm excited for it already. Um, another game I'm excited for, obviously Liberty army on black Friday, um, along with Liberty, Louisiana, that, that actually, that last three game stretch for Liberty, uh, huge implications possibly for the New Year's Six for Liberty, uh, possibly even Louisiana as well. So an amazing three game stretch the nation should have their eyes on. But um, first, first we'll talk a little bit about Louisiana before going to Army. With Louisiana, you have Levi Lewis, and I bring up Levi Lewis not because of the numbers, but I mean the man's a proven winner. Twenty four and four as a starter for the Raging Cajuns. Uh, this past year, the stats aren't really on his side. 2,274 yards in 11 games for the Cajuns, 19 passing touchdowns, over 300 rushing yards, and five touchdowns. But, again, a winner. And, again, we like, like I said before with games, he's got that week one game against Texas on Fox in the afternoon. Uh, should be should be really – I mean, it's, it's, it's a made-for-TV game, and that could help his Heisman campaign if he has a big game or has a heroic comeback drive – or not comeback drive, but game-winning drive or something. Um, so Levi Lewis, another guy to the group of five that I like, um, but finally on the army game, and this one could have huge implications for the Heisman, uh, not just for Malik Willis, but for uh, Tyre Tyler, which is an interesting situation for army Tyre Tyler, the quarterback out of army who came on down the stretch uh, army had quarterback troubles all season last year, playing with six guys taking snaps at quarterback. And now, uh, now all six return plus one, uh, Jabari Laws, who started games in 2018 and threw for over 200 yards against Air Force in 2019, he returns from a torn ACL that he had in 2020. But Tyre Tyler came on of late, and man, he took he took you back to to 1934 with his stat lines: uh, 35 carries for 121 yards against Georgia Southern, 26 carries for 96 yards in uh, that Army Navy game on CBS at uh, the first Army Navy game at West Point since the 40s. Um, and then the following week against Air Force, 16 carries, 62 yards, got injured um, in that game, got his game cut short. And then against Liberty, another sort of welcome, well, like introdu- introduction to the country type game against against uh, West Virginia and the Liberty Bowl, 24 carries, 76 yards, three touchdowns in uh, a defeat that's tough for me to talk about against West Virginia and uh, the prestigious Liberty Bowl. But all that being said, Tyler had, um, sorry if I'm doing my math right here, he had 101 carries in pretty much 3.75 games uh, passing the ball. Uh, I mean, could have done better two for four in those games for 53 yards, but Hey, efficient explosive. I no, say no, that, that sounds like, that sounds like a Mac Jones stat line right there. <laughs> oh my God. The Mac Jones jokes are back. 
<laughs> Mac Jones jokes are back, baby. <laughs> but, um, but before we get too heated about Mac Jones, um, I say this because Tyre Tyler has a nose for the end zone and he can really build up maybe a Keenan Reynolds type stat line, 20 plus rushing touchdowns for army and army. Again, we mentioned big games. They got, they got Wisconsin, October 16th. They go to camp Randall against the Wisconsin team that should be ranked at that point. Even if they lose once uh, they have Wisconsin at camp Randall, it's realistic to see army at that point uh, coming into that game with one loss to Wisconsin. If they beat Wisconsin, maybe even undefeated. Um, so, and, but the, the situation there it, that kind of makes it complicated is um, the quarterback situation. I mean, again, the five guys, five guys with starts are six guys on the roster with starts, um, a plethora of options to say the least. But um, do you think that on rushing numbers alone, Tyler Tyler can make a splash in the Heisman race, even with beating Wisconsin? On rushing numbers alone, no. He's going to have to improve the ball or improve the ball, uh, improve his passing. The good news is that that's not going to be hard to do. Um, I guess he's barely thrown the ball. Like, we, we just haven't seen him throw. So, for all we know, he could have an incredible arm on him, too, and we just don't know it um, because we've only seen four attempts by him. And uh, so it's going to be uh, – he's going to have to throw it a little bit more. I don't know how our Army's returning receivers are. Um, if they're getting anyone back or if there's any chemistry on there, but he's gonna, a, a few things are going to have to happen. One is going to have to be on the field um, in order to do any of this. And that's going to be, it's going to be more challenging than it is for most other quarterbacks, considering there's like, what did you say? Five other guys um, on the roster, five or six um, that have all played by the way. <laughs> um, uh, so you've got that. And then you've also got that. He just needs to, Prove his passing and he needs to beat Wisconsin. Like, I don't think you have any shot if you don't beat Wisconsin because uh, you need a Heisman moment to make any sort of splash in the Heisman. And that that's really his only opportunity to have a Heisman moment is versus Wisconsin. And it also, I hate to say, it, it's not going to do him much good if Wisconsin is seven and five come December. So kind of needs Wisconsin to have a decent year too so that it looks like something. But, um, I mean, obviously he's insanely talented running the ball because everyone in the stadium, everyone in America knows that Army's running the ball and he's still somehow found a way to be productive with it. So, I mean, clearly he's very talented at that. Um, but just let's see a little bit more passing. Let's see a W versus Wisconsin. Hopefully let's see Wisconsin have a good year too, where that's going to, that's going to pester the uh, gosh, if only we hadn't lost to army, like hopefully that's something we're saying in November. So. Yeah. I mean, and again, like the volumes there, I mean, like you said, everyone knows army's running the football only, only 44 yards a game passing last year, 44.8 last year, which is just the way I like it. I must say as, as an option fan, I, I would not have it any other way with those passing numbers. <laughs> Love it. But <laughs> um, and I mean, for, for all, I mean, I think, I think the numbers might be enough and like, maybe, maybe, you know, here and there, a long play like play action option pass here and there. I think, I think that'll do, but yeah, like you said, I mean, that was everything hinges on that Wisconsin game. Heisman wise, uh, maybe we're going to get off on our second tangent real quick, because I have a quick question for you. You watch more army football than I do. How much do they utilize the play action pass? I don't really remember. So, Hmm. 
Because I feel like that would be insanely effective if they ever tried it. But I don't really recall like play action being a a big chunk of their playbook. Well, yeah, actually they they use it – I mean, not really a chunk when it comes to passing. It's mostly dire situations, but – they have the capabilities, especially now with a, a star slot pack that they have. A uh, Tyrell, uh, Tyrell Robertson, um, he uh, a yuck, a yearling um, for uh, for Army. He um, or which is a sophomore for those of you that don't know. He he's on the Paul Horning Award watch list. He's the returning leading or not the returning leading receiver, but um, shoot, I don't have Good my to be an Army receiver and be on the watch list, but. Yeah, I mean, he's a yeah, he's a slot back, returns kicks and punts, and had moments of electricity last year. Uh, caught a really long touchdown pass against Mercer, I believe. Um, averaged seven yards a carry, and you saw with arm like Army, um, they they make they found ways to get him the ball that they usually don't. They they ran counters with him, um, so that's usually where the play action game runs through. So it usually be Tyler, but they also have great. They got big receivers that I mean, you can just lob up a, a play action pass to. Um, you know, so it, it's not heavily used, but again, like the way, the way army is the way the army options run, like they don't really get themselves in holes much because I mean, it's, it's pretty much fullback. You where we're Navy Navy likes to get the ball on the edges with the quarterbacks and the slot backs, which I mean, it's, it's a great strategy and I'm not disrespecting Navy at all, but it requires someone like a Malcolm Perry, um, a, really a transcendent athlete, like a, like a Keenan Reynolds to run when, when army, like all it takes is a defense to, come up too too much in the middle with the fullbacks with like the 200 especially um jacoby buchanan 260 pound fullback um i mean you you run you you run uh run down the other team's throat all it takes is a little quarterback counter i mean and and you're gone so yeah i I know that's a bit of a a long answer to that question but um no no it's uh no it's it's good i would i would love to see army kind of go into like gosh, I don't know, like run more like 22 personnel stuff and do that. I don't, I don't know. They Air, that's do that Air Force. Now. Air Force does that. And um, I got Air mixed Force feelings Air about Force that. Stuff, yeah. it, it works for them because they can they can yeah. recruit good yeah. tight ends like yeah. Garrett Griffin. Garrett Griffin. Uh, I mean, you're a Saints fan. I mean, you know, you know, Garrett Griffin, Air Force product. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's that's not our game. And and I don't want I don't want it to be our game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would I would. I would either do that or I'd go like, I would just, I would have uh Tyler just study, study Lamar, just like go in, Hey, let's pop in some Ravens film and just watch that and watch that offense. Cause that would be something else. Cause they're a run predominant offense. Um, they don't have the best receivers or at least they didn't last year. Um, stuff like that. I think that would be, that'd be great. But anyways, we're getting sidetracked. So <laughs> uh, moving on, who's your next group of five guy that you would, you would really love to see. So a guy I absolutely love, um, a guy we were talking about before this, and Hawaii, Calvin Turner, who does everything. And he's a great story. If you don't know Calvin Turner, shame on you. You should. Coming out party, his coming out party was pretty much the uh, the New Mexico Bowl in Frisco, Texas last year um, against Houston, where he did, he did everything. Had 12 carries for 60 yards, four catches for 88 yards, and a 75-yard uh, touchdown, returned a kick for a touchdown. Uh, did everything plays quarterback runs wildcat. He had 60 carries for 331 yards and four touchdowns had six receiving touchdowns of 500 yards and over 300 kick return yards. He does everything. Um, and it's like, it's really, he's, he's, he's a fun guy. Like uh, Jackson's going to see that me for mentioning this, but for me, he's kind of like a Peter Warwick type guy, a guy that, you know, excites can, that does everything. And because he does everything so well, 
I mean, it's nice people, especially throwing. Like, people love a receiver who can throw. I mean, former option quarterback at Jacksonville before they shut down their program, which, I mean, ironically, might have been the best thing to happen to him because he's at Hawaii now. I like him in Hawaii, but the one caveat is it's hard for Hawaii to contend in the Mountain West um, because Boise State in most years, that's their conference. It might be a bit easier this year, but the big dog, I think, is Nevada and Carson Strong, which – um, in some circles might be that guy for um, for Heisman candidacy, but I'm going with Calvin Turner out of the Mountain West. Week well, week zero, excuse me, will be a big game for him because he's going up against UCLA, DTR, national, national televised game against an improving UCLA program at the Rose Bowl. Um, I mean, if he shows out there and does everything, I think the Calvin Turner for Heisman train will be rolling because Hawaii throws the ball a, a pretty solid amount. Um, and, you know, they'll be running him on, on – second in shorts and stuff so he'll be getting his rushing touchdowns uh so calvin turner we could have back-to-back receivers in the thick of the heisman race for back-to-back years amazing i think if any receiver is winning it this year it's going to be either chris olive or uh or jacob copeland one of those two guys but yeah i mean i i'm a big calvin turner fan i'd love to see him do some maybe julian edelman type stuff where he's throwing the ball too that'd be a lot of fun to watch and um hey He's so good at everything else. Put him on, put him on special teams to block a couple of punts, something like that when he's not returning them. So that'd be, that'd be fun too. kind of be the Taysom Hill of college football. And uh, more than anything, we need to convince these media members to stay up for Hawaii football because they're probably, probably already in bed. So <laughs> uh, even without Kikal, even, even without Robert Kikal, rest in peace. Yes. Yes. Rest in peace. Um, yeah. Why watching Hawaii games won't be the same without them for sure. Uh, but Hey, we'll still enjoy it. We'll still enjoy some uh, late night football. I mean, what out? Don't be a loser and watch Saturday night live. Like just stay up until, you know, for 11 PM kickoff and for Hawaii football. I mean, what are you doing with your life, man? So Wow. Hey, um, I am Jackson. You better not say anything bad about Notre Dame because I, I don't want the NBC folks coming after us. <laughs> well, I'll just mute myself. <laughs> <laughs> or Peacock. Don't, don't make fun of Peacock more on here. <laughs> okay. Hey, I actually, if you don't subscribe to Peacock already, do it now because they have uh, office uh, extended cuts of the office. And I thoroughly enjoyed those. They're very man, I good. thought you were going to talk about Notre Dame Toledo, man. I thought you were going to talk about Notre Dame Toledo. <laughs> <laughs> I will say the extended cuts of the office are the only thing I'll be watching on Peacock. So <laughs> there's my sub at Notre Dame. <laughs> All right. Um, well, well, Jackson, like who are, who are some of your guys? Um, I got, I got a couple more. I want, I want to hear about your guys that you have in the, in the thick of the, of the Heisman race from the group of five. Yeah, I don't know how we've gone this far without talking about Grayson McCall. I mean, he had a phenomenal year with Coastal Carolina last year. Um, Coastal Carolina's success, go back and watch it. It was because of Grayson McCall. Um, I mean, he just played insane. And, yes, you can always make the argument that it wasn't against the best competition. But, man, he um, he was something else. And they he outdueled Zach Wilson head-to-head. I'm sure we all remember that game and he, he did plenty of, plenty of everything else too. So um, you, you tell me 
you watched Grayson McCall live versus uh, versus Liberty in, in their bowl game. What, what do you think of him then? Uh, I loved him. And again, like I love Coastal Carolina's offense because it is a triple option spread. Um, when, I, when, I, when I think about my favorite offenses, of course, Army, Navy, Air Force, but the teams that implement a shotgun spread offense or shotgun triple option, excuse me, like the two lane, um, which I mean, that's a guy that I'll talk, I'll talk, I'll talk about a guy from Tulane later on um, in our list, but I think McCall is great, efficient passer, doesn't make many mistakes, 26 to three touchdown to interception ratio, almost 600 rushing yards. Um, and he's got weapons too. returning. Like he's got Javon highly 998 yards, 10 touchdowns. He's got Isaiah likely all American tight end out of coastal Carolina. Who would have thought? Uh, I don't know if he was consensus, but All-American tight end. The one thing that hurts McCall, he can have all the numbers in the world, but the thing that hurts him is the matchups, like non-conference and in-conference, because um, they dodge Louisiana in-conference. App State could be a marquee game, but um, we don't know. I think I think App State's nearing, I mean, 9-3. They, they're a team with a 9-3, 10-2 ceiling, not exactly in the thick of the New Year's Six race. Um, Power five opponents. He's got Kansas against uh, Kansas at at home on a Friday night, though, which is cool. Could be an electric setting that I might be at, but um, but it's just not the type of thing. It's like it's not the magnitude of Levi Lewis against Louisiana, Tyre Tyler against Wisconsin, um, Malik Willis outdueling Matt Corral, uh, Ole Miss. Ole Miss on a whole isn't great, but they have Matt Corral. That's the one thing that hurts him. But I love McCall, and um, on the pro side, I'm I'm pretty sure the pro scouts like Jackson or like uh, Grayson McCall. Uh, I'm not I'm not too sure about that. Uh, maybe you can uh, divulge more, Jackson. Sorry, you were breaking up right at the end there with Grayson. What about Grayson McCall? I was saying like, I'm not sure what the pro scouts say about McCall. Um, I, I I'm sure you can divulge oh, more into that. Yeah. So there's um there's not too much on McCall yet. Uh, I think we'll definitely see his name a lot more. But man, he has he has some great just from what I've watched. He has some incredible deep ball accuracy. Like that's his main feature. Um, and as we're moving more and more to spreading the ball out and uh, well, actually, I mean, you can make the arguments for both, but I, his deep ball accuracy is insane. And he can make some athletic plays too. So um, it's, it's a skill set that not too many guys have. And that if you can throw it deep, kind of like Kyler Murray can throw it like insanely deep, insanely accurately, if he can have something like that going for him, man, the, the sky's the limit with him. But, yeah, there's not too much NFL-wise from him there. Um, I will say, if there's ever an argument for needing two TVs, I will uh, present you with that one – I think it was like a Friday or Saturday night, um, and it was, it was uh, the bowl game of Liberty versus Coastal Carolina – a very dramatic ending there. Simultaneously, there was Miami at Las Vegas with the no look pass fits magic play. And they were happening literally at the same time. And it's, I mean, if you ever have an argument for naming two TVs, I mean, it was everything in the world was going on then. It was crazy. So think back to that, especially if you're a pro and college fan like myself. Well, I mean, shoot, now it's time for now it's time for me to have a rant. Um, you know, that was that was a great play and all with Fitzmagic, but every single year the NFL has to do their their bull crap Saturday games during bowl season and it it's it aggravates me, man. Like yeah. you're talking I wanna watch a random NFL regular season game over a bowl game. Like it's offensive. I'm offended by it, honestly. 
Well, see, here's the thing. And now it's like, yeah, yeah, I know. I agree with you. It's very frustrating. And it's like, I'm in, I'm in one of two moods at all times. I'm either in the mood for college football or I'm in the mood for the NFL. I can't really mix them. It's usually when I was a kid, it was like Saturday, late Saturday night. I'd make that switch where I was looking forward to the NFL. Now it's like, sometimes it takes a little bit into Sunday morning that I like switch like, gosh, so what a great game last night. And it takes me a little while to switch. And then I can't, like, it's hard to watch both. Like, it's hard to be excited for both because there, there's different things to appreciate about uh, both leagues. So it's like, it's, it's difficult. So I hate it that the NFL puts their Saturday games, but for the handful of people out there that are exclusively NFL fans, not really into college football, one, I don't know what they do during draft season, but two, uh, I guess they have to throw a few bones for them too. Plus, it's, you know, I, I, ideally down the road, um, NFL Network continues to expand their college football coverage. They're getting a handful of college football games this year. Solves the issue. We don't have any Saturday NFL games. But, you know, what can I say? Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's a fair point. I mean, yeah, like, I mean, and, and it, it is NFL. NFL is will always be a rating draw compared to a second-rate second college bowl game. I mean, because they had the triple header and really, I guess, UTSA and Louisiana. I mean, that, that game doesn't really compete with whatever game they had. I think that was the Niners. I think that might have been my Niners and Cardinals game in the afternoon. And then uh, at night, Dolphins, Raiders. Oh, yeah, the one that was on Amazon Prime, right? I remember that one. Yeah, 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 (laughs) yeah. Don't rub it in. (laughs) Don't don't rub it in that we got primed. (laughs) That was was embarrassing, but – at least, at least we won. At least, at least CJ Beathard led, led us to victory. Uh, hey, um, very true. Um, yeah, no, it's it's so weird that this is the last year of Thursday Night Football on cable TV. It's going to be exclusively on Amazon Prime, starting twenty. That's Bush League. That's Bush League. I mean, I I know the way to put it. It's a future, but it's Bush League. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm not a fan of that, but. I don't see why you can't simulcast them. Like I don't, I don't understand what. Yeah, exactly. Are. No, that's. Hey, you see, it makes too much sense, Jackson. It makes too much sense. That that's why. Um, that's why they're not doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So. Yeah. Well, um, man, if you got anyone else that's on your list that you wanna. wanna yeah, I, I guess I guess we say the best for last. I mean, the king of the group of five. Oh man. Boise State, Coastal Carolina, Louisiana fans might argue with me on this one, but the American is the undisputed king of the group of five until someone else goes to a New Year's Six Bowl. I mean, I hate to say it, uh, but there's three. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just a fact. It's just a fact. You get it? It's just a fact. But um, the big three out of that conference, I mean, you got Dylan Gabriel, a man who puts up insane numbers for, for UCF, like, like that year alone in – 10 games, had 3,570 yards, 357 yards a game, 32 touchdowns in only 10 games. And he's got some marquee games. I mean, maybe not maybe not out of conference. I mean, Boise State should be a good game because Boise State's got a brand, but it'll be in the backdrop of everything else happening in week one. Um, but that Cincinnati game on October 16th, you got Gabriel versus, versus Devin or Desmond Ritter uh, and Cincinnati. Cincinnati ranked number 10 in the coaches poll. And hoping to break the playoff, which I mean, if they beat Notre Dame and Indiana, I, I don't think you can leave them out of the playoff um, realistically, but we'll see. Like, I think out of all these guys, I guess you can say we're saving the best for last because with uh, Ritter, 
Um, Cincinnati goes 12 and 0. I, I don't, I think he ends up in New York because he had 12 rushing touchdowns and 19 passing touchdowns in, in 10 games, uh, dual threat, uh, draft. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure, um, draft folks love Desmond Ritter too, for his size and mobility. Um, if I, if I'm not mistaken, but I think, I think Ritter, Ritter and Willis, um, out of all of our guys might have the best shot. Um, I think of breaking, breaking the Heisman race out of the group of five. Um, and a uh, last guy, I said the big three, the last guy to the American. And I, I love, I love the nerd schools. Um, so maybe I'm a bit biased, but Michael Pratt out of Tulane. Um, I sent, I sent you that video with the, with Michael Pratt tossing balls with Jalen Waddle. Um, he brings a different dimension to that Tulane offense because in 2016, that Tulane offense was dedicated to the shotgun option. They looked like Georgia Southern that the Georgia Southern team that Willie Fritz coached the year before they originally 113 passing yards. Lo and behold, you fast forward to, to 2020, Michael Pratt had 20 passing touchdowns, which I think was the most that any two-lance quarterback had in the Fritz era. And he runs the ball super well. He had um, – shoot, try, I'm trying to find it here if it says it. I think he had seven rushing touchdowns and over 200 rushing yards uh, for the Green Wave. And they have that week one game against uh, Spencer Rattler in Oklahoma at home. So, I mean, that's that's really – that's one of those weird, uh, weird games you're like – it's 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 interesting how it got scheduled, how Tulane was able to get Oklahoma to come to New Orleans, which I actually maybe it's not hard to imagine because it's the big easy, but it's Tulane. I mean, it, kudos to their athletic department. That's a game to watch week one. I think it's noon on ABC. Um, so if you're not watching big noon kickoff, which I don't even know what the big noon kickoff game is. Um, I mean, I I think it's some random big, big game noon kickoff. <laughs> not me uh, only reason to watch it is for gus it's, it's for gus johnson only reason you watch it but uh um, hey, fair enough but yeah i mean i can't wait to see michael pratt he's been doing some cool stuff and uh yeah he's i'm i'm very interested to see what Tulane looks like this year that'll be great I, so, I think they i think they break the hump in the west because if you look at the west actually no shoot there's not divisions anymore but um in the american thing thanks yukon <laughs> um but if you look at if you look at it, Memphis looks to be on the download because Brady White, um, he's leaving after spending a million years in college. <laughs> um, a great quarterback, but the man was around forever. I, I'm pretty sure he was pursuing his doctorates in college. That's how long Brady White was there. <laughs> so he's out. Um, Tulsa, Tulsa loses um, loses shoot, Zayvon Collins, speed racer Zayvon Collins. Sorry, I'm I'm sorry. I had to throw in the joke. I had to throw in the, the, the speed racer <laughs> joke. Please don't hurt me, Zayvon Collins. I'm sorry, <laughs> but um, like I, I mean, I, I the, the door's open. I mean, it's realistic. Gosh, that... <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, man. You were thinking it too. You I really mentioned went for it, didn't you? <laughs> I, I'm. You were thinking it. I mentioned Zayvon Collins, and and you you probably thought of it too. And reckless driving did pop into my head. Yes, yes. See. Exactly. So, I mean, I think this is Tulane's chance for a breakthrough and they avoid, they, they do have Cincinnati and they have UCF, but I mean, it's, it's easy to imagine, imagine Tulane beating UCF, I think, I mean, but we'll, we'll see. So that, that rounds out my list um, of a group of five guys to watch in the Heisman race. Yeah, man, that's my list. Um, and yeah, I, w- I would love to, I think we covered pretty much everyone in the group of five that has a, has a decent shot. At, uh, at Heisman contention. Um, I will say, uh, if, you, if you've listened to this podcast for long enough, you know I'm a big fan of Move the Sticks, uh, Daniel, Jeremiah, and Bucky Brooks, what they do over there at NFL Media. 
um, a few weeks ago, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, they did a, a deep dive into Sam Howe, Spencer Rattler, and Malik Willis on their podcast, uh, just kind of a preview for the 2022 draft. And I learned a lot from, from that one. That was, that was really good. Uh, episode 696 of Move the Sticks, if you're interested in learning more about, uh, more about how Willis and Rattler. So just something to throw out there. They got a little bit of a chance to talk more in depth than we did today. So, uh, and it is definitely being an NFL podcast, definitely more from a draft and scouting perspective, but all of that, all of what you learned there should apply to the Heisman at least. So <laughs> in an ideal world, uh, it should go off of, off of merit, uh, not hype. So but yeah, man, um, uh, I'm excited, man. It's right around the corner, man. We're we're in we're approaching mid-August, or we're in mid-August, and we're we're kicking off college football here. It's not long. Yeah, I mean, these years as tumultuous 2020 as tumultuous 2021 as tumultuous 2021 is at the moment. It it's a weird feeling of the these years going by fast. Like we're already in August. I mean, it's it's just strange. Um, but yeah. hopefully, hopefully college football can bring healing um, this this fall. And um, with the super seniors and everything, this this should be a very well-played, interesting year. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. Spotify should also give us an award for being like the only podcast this month and not mention the word vaccine, too. So <laughs> I think that's pretty. You impressive. ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're right. I ruined it. So, yeah, man. Well, I'm good. Um, I'm fixing to go watch Hard Knocks, but uh, you you probably need a rest after a long day of lawn mowing. Um, not not today. Not today. Today was not lawn mowing. But oh, really? Uh, what was nope. it? What the army have you do with your top tier? It education? was instead. Um, it was instead lugging lugging weights for um, lugging weights back and forth for the army setting up the army combat fitness test for uh, one of the platoons. So that uh, that's like what we'll be doing tomorrow most, morning. That sounds one of the most like private or specialist jobs that you could possibly have. So why the army is, is wasting your valuable five years on that. I do not know, but I'm still getting paid and it, it's not yeah, hard. It's hey, not hard stuff. Man, that's the important thing. I'm, I'm happy for you, man. Cause those are the jobs I would like dream about getting uh when i was when i was up there but like uh, this is like why <laughs> why you pay all this money for me to go to school and then you have me do this so yeah but hey yeah. all those all those lessons are paying off when you're moving a uh, weight from one place to another so yeah i mean wouldn't wouldn't have it any other way <laughs> um yeah, it, it's right? just time taking off the clock it's just time taking yeah. off the clock <laughs> uh, oh shoot i shouldn't say that i mean yeah, I shouldn't talk about, I shouldn't talk about leave, leaving my obligation so soon or, <laughs> or right when it ends. I'll, I'll see um, it through. How about that? I'll, changing I'll see the it subject. Through. One final thing. Uh, uh, you're putting money on it. Who are you putting your money on to win the Heisman this year? I love Sam Howell, man. Sam Howell, I think, I think like the, the perfect mixture of like North Carolina, like being the national title race and like, that kind of surprised, like it's North Carolina in the national title race. I think that'll that'll get them through. Uh, I think North Carolina can have some big wins, and I think this year's the year they break the hump in the in the ACC. Um, and if not that, they they go eleven and one or twelve and one, go to the New Year's Six, or um, and Howell puts up numbers. So I I got Sam Howell honestly, and I I kind of think that 
Heisman voters are kind of tired of Oklahoma quarterbacks. And that's not that's not Spencer Rattler's fault, of course. And it kind of sucks that I'm saying that, but I, I just I just gotta think that they're tired of Oklahoma quarterbacks, honestly. A lot of the hype of uh, Spencer Rattler, if I remember correctly, came after the Florida win, too. So, and that is not something that's pre-Heisman voting. So, I don't know, maybe he peaked at, like, exactly the wrong time, like, just a month after after uh, voting, but I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, I think I'm putting, I'm putting my money on Bryce Young to win it. Um, I'm very biased, but I wouldn't be shocked if Emory Jones won it. If he can somehow find a way to, to go uh, at least one and one against Bama, and if he has a great year. Um, I mean, he's been sitting on the bench for so long, as long as Dan Mullen's been there. He's been there for a long time. Um, if he can find a way to, uh, to just go off, then, I mean, he, he could be trashed with, you know, a, a good pair of legs too. So we'll see, but yeah, I'm putting my money on Bryce Young for now. So that's fair. I mean, we'll, we'll see for sure. Um, should be fun. Heisman race is always fun to follow. Um, and, and yeah, like, uh, I just, I can't, I can't wait 18 days, um, till division one, there's an NAIA game, um, on August 26th that we might, we might cover. I mean, but, um, yeah, Probably. until division one. Yeah. 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 Um, although, uh, we might make the announcement later this month that we're going to stop talking D one completely and go full on to D three so that we can be D three material. So <laughs> come to Northwest Valley, Norfolk, tech state, Jackson and Omar ranked us as like the third best. Uh, so, yeah, maybe we'll do that. Who knows? But yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm good if you are. And um, man, we're gonna be so wrong come uh, come December. So uh, this is yeah. college football is gonna be completely different. Probably that's how it is every yeah. year. So yeah, yeah. well, uh, enjoy, and um, I will I will talk to you later for sure. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll talk later, and peace, love, and soul, everyone. Probably right after this, 1980. <laughs>